Welcome to Psych Segments, all kinds of psychology knowledge in tiny segments. Hosted by your personal psychology professor and made for the psychology student or student at heart. A podcast that even your mom would approve of. Just ask Freud. Hey, I'm glad you joined me for another episode of Psych Segments. If this is your first time tuning into the podcast, uh, the whole point of this podcast is basically to help you survive your Psychology 101 course. Whether you're taking it at a community college or a big university, student loans are all the same, and so is a lot of the psychological information that you need to know to pass. Today's topic is going to be about the different types of long-term memory. So long-term memory is the last stage in the stage model of memory. Uh, It has unlimited capacity and potentially can hold information forever. Uh, In order to get information into long-term memory, you need to do a process called elaborative rehearsal or encoding. And this is where you take information and instead of just repeating it over and over, you actually do something meaningful with the material. For instance, making an acronym, using a song, or perhaps relating it to something of personal significance. Now, once the information is in your long-term memory, We want to classify and break it down into the different types. So long-term memory as a whole is any type of memory that you've encoded for long-term storage. There are two main types of long-term memory, declarative and procedural. And the way you can remember it as declarative memories are memories that you can declare or you can actively say or explain. When you recall them, you use words versus procedural memories. These are memories that are more action related. Um, You can't say them, but you can do them. They're a procedure, if you will. Procedural memories have uh, different qualities. They can be skills, they can be habits, they can be physical behaviors, but they're things that are easy to perform and you may even see them classified sometimes as being part of muscle memory or a habit. Um, A good example of that is something like brushing your teeth, tying your shoes, playing an instrument. These are things that when someone asks you how to do them, a lot of times it's easier just to show them rather than to explain it with words. My favorite example to use is this. I ask students, how many of you can type, or in their case a lot of times text, without looking at the keyboard? And many of their hands will go up and they'll say, absolutely, I can. And as a matter of fact, I can too. But I say, well, what if I put down a blank keyboard in front of you? Could you label it for me properly? And most of them, again, like myself, would say, no. I would know where some of the basic keys were, but really I couldn't label it very well. Well, if you know how to text or type without looking, then you actually do know where every single key on the keyboard is placed. It's a procedural memory because you can do it. You can perform the act that demonstrates that you know where every single key is, but it's not a declarative memory because you can't actively say or declare where they are. Now the exception to this would be someone who took a keyboarding class because part of that training is being actively able to remember and recall the specific position of each key, not just from action but from actually being able to declare it. 
The other type of long-term memory, declarative memory, can be broken down into two sections. So declarative memory is any type of long-term memory that you can actively recall with words. You can declare it. Semantic memory is a type of memory that has facts, figures, dates, names, um, basically trivia information. So things that you would be able to use on a trivia question, for example. Um, when was the country founded? What's your favorite color? What did you have for dinner last night? Even recalling the name of your Psych 101 professor. These are all semantic pieces of knowledge. They are facts, figures, dates, names, very short, almost trivia-like types of information. The other type of declarative memory is episodic. Now episodic has more to do with, think of e-episodic e-event, because it has more to do with a story or an event timeline. So for instance, if I was to ask you what did you have for dinner last night, you would give me a semantic memory, a fact. I had spaghetti. But if I was to say to you, what did you do last night? You might tell me a story about how you met up with some friends and then you did some homework and then maybe you called your mom to see how she was doing. That's an episodic memory because you're recalling an event. You think of it as e-episodic, e-event, or you can think of it like an episode of a TV show isn't just the name of a character, that would be a semantic memory. An episode of a TV show is an explanation of the plot. It's an event, it's what happened. So episodic memory is for events, whereas semantic memory is for facts, figures, and general trivia knowledge. They're both parts of the declarative memory, though. So when you're trying to remember the types of long-term memory, you can break it down into declarative and procedural memories first, and then kind of go from there. One important tip before we end for the day, if you're trying to study for your next test, whether it be psychology or history, and you wanna get information into your long-term memory, you need to encode it or use elaborative rehearsal. Highlighting and making flashcards are not elaborative rehearsal. So if you've been studying in those ways and wondering why you're still not doing so hot on your tests, you might need to change your study habits. Think of it as putting the things you learn in psychology to good use. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you learned something. Don't forget to study for your next test and I'll see you again soon with Psych Segments. If you've enjoyed today's episode of Psych Segments, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. For more psychological knowledge, check out the blog at www.psychsegments.com or follow me on Twitter to suggest topics for future episodes. I'd love to help you on your journey to understanding psychology and how it relates to you. Thanks for listening.